Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening and welcome to this week's Man in the Post. I am a happy Liverpool fan. My name is Chris. Uh, with me I have got Mark. Hello. Adam. Hello. Colin. Hi there. And making a very welcome first appearance of the season, we've got Greg. Hello, it's nice to be back. It is your first one, isn't it? It is my first of the season. Good. Excellent. So I hope it was the first of many. Uh, I hope so too. Anything happened this weekend in the football world? Not that I'm aware of. I can't think no. of anything. Well, it was all good in the Anfield hood anyway, because uh, Rogers has finally gone. So shall we start with that, shall we, before we go on to uh, other bits and bobs? So it was finally given the boot about half past six yesterday evening following the 1-1 draw with uh, Everton. Although people do suggest that maybe he did know about it before the match. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, quick yes or no from everybody. Is this the right decision? Colin. I don't follow Liverpool religiously, but I think he should have been given more time. Okay, Greg? I don't think so, no. Um, I think the transfer policies, which are not, he's not entirely responsible for, is he? If you're to believe what's read in the papers, so I don't think that should be laid at his door. Okay. Mark? A Liverpool, yes, right decision, but the timing is just a bit strange. Okay, and Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you asked. You, you felt it necessary to ask me and didn't just take it as read. <laughs> well, I know, in the interest of balance, I'm asking you. Yeah, but, um, it, it was um, far too good a decision for Liverpool to make. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I didn't, I didn't realise the point at Goodison Park was such a bad result on Merseyside. Yeah, that's what annoys me. How about you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for them, that, not to win was a shock result. I don't, they're normally on one one, don't they? Merseyside derbies. More often than not, I seem to remember them finishing that way. Well, Liverpool, Everton have only won three of the last thirty-one that we played against them. So yeah, you can see why that was a shock. A shock for Liverpool not to win. Well, after three and a half years in charge, uh, Liverpool are now tenth in the Premier League, having won four out of eleven games this season. Um, well, they shouldn't feel too sorry for him. There's a five million pound severance package is apparently in the process of being agreed. Uh, Greg, you alluded to the transfer committee, didn't you? Not being entirely his fault. Yeah. He has these players and he must have some input and he has to train them, doesn't he? There are rumours that he didn't get the players that he wanted, though. Um, and he, they do seem a little shapeless, don't they? There's no there's no identity where there was before. When you know, when he first came in, they, they were a, uh, almost a, a replica of his sponsor side. Then the second season in, um, obviously, I think that was the uh, the title... Almost season, wasn't it? Mm. 
Yeah, when they you know they were playing quick counter-attacking football last season, it was a bit of a a mess. And this season, it hasn't gone particularly started well again, has it? So I, I, it hasn't got an identity, and I think that must come down to uh, the manager not having the full say. Do you think this is a bit like sort of in cricketing terms? You've got the board of selectors, and then they say these are your players. You go work. They with. Are, Liverpool are the the footballing version of the Australian cricket team, aren't they? And a bit but, like Michael Clark, apart from being world champions. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah, they're not that. Are they? <laughs> um, um, yeah, so Michael Clark's gone, and so is uh, Brendan Rodgers. And but Greg, does does that not come down to the fact that if you've got a group of people making transfers, then it's up to Brendan Rodgers to to p- put his stamp on the club and say what how he wants to play football and what kind of players he wants. They, they don't have the club doesn't know who he wants to do anymore because he can't get lame. I do see what you're saying, but if you look at that, they are very top heavy, and when I mean top heavy, I mean they've got lots of attacking midfielders, aren't they? Uh, aren't they? And um, Again, yeah, you, you've seen players like Balotelli come in. Do we really think that was a, a Rogers signing? When, if you look at the types of players that Sturridge and Suarez, Suarez are, and uh, then they're just different types of players, and I don't think they fit the system that he wanted to play. Go on, what? Yeah, well, I think that obviously the board have probably never had that much confidence in him if they've not allowed him to make the decisions about who they sign and they felt the need to have this transfer committee. I think if they do get Jurgen Klopp or Carlo Ancelotti, one of these big, you know, um, mega coaching names in Europe, you can't imagine that any of them will just say, yeah, that's fine, I'm going to work with the players that you give me. They're going to want, going to, want to have the final say or identify the players that they want to, to actually go there. Because remember, Liverpool, OK, they're a big name of the past, but they're not... A, you know, Ancelotti or Klopp can wait round another three or four months or to the end of the season when the Chelsea job might become available or um, Real Madrid again or somebody like that. So they, they, they're not under any pressure to go to a club like Liverpool. So they're going to want control. And I don't think the, the board of directors ever had enough confidence in Rodgers to let him have the final say. And that, that was his problem. He was getting undermined all the time. Colin, that's as, an interesting point, isn't it? Sorry, Greg, go on. Yeah, as Carragher said, they're becoming Tottenham. Yeah, you know, I, they, they think that they're a big club, this huge club with a, a massive past and a you know a history that no one can argue with. But are the, the likes of City, Chelsea, United, are they that worried about about Liverpool? I'm not entirely sure they are. No, I was going to say, Colin, they, this is a, an appointment they have to get right, isn't it? Because they're in danger, like um, Greg says. Are becoming one of those sort of middle-ranked Premier League teams because there's a generation of kids growing up now never known Liverpool win the league. Of course, I've never been alive. Uh, yeah, just put that into context. And make you feel old. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Colin. Some people might remember, not remember them winning the league. Um, but this is a big appointment they've got to get right. If they get it wrong next time, then they're in danger of becoming an also round from 30, 40 years ago, drifting into the middle of the table. Well, well, this is the thing. I mean, I think... They some... could become elites. <laughs> well, I, I don't think they're... They're not financially on the skids, but uh, I, I think um, sometimes you've got to not cut your nose off to spite your face. Because, okay, Liverpool fans, and you're, you're one of them, Chris, you may not like Rodgers, but be wary of what you'll get next. I mean, you say that the next appointment has to be dead on right. Does it? 
What happened with Manchester United? Sir Alex Ferguson goes to get Moyes. That wasn't the right appointment. So that was a year or so wasted. Then you bring in Van Gaal, who had a dodgy season, his first season. And it's only now where they're starting to sort of get into some some sort of getting back to what they were, back to their best. But then um, United are big enough that they could still attract someone like Van Gaal and still attract players like Di Maria, even though they didn't have a Champions League season. Liverpool aren't like that. And Liverpool won't Liverpool spend... Liverpool won't like that one. Have we lost Adam there? I don't know. But what, all I was going to say is that and Liverpool won't spend the sort of crazy money that Manchester United are. They're, they're just burning money at the moment and just hoping... They're throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. And um, it might pay off, but it's an expensive gamble. Um, and I, for, for, for me, on Rodgers, I just think, especially with Sturridge just coming back, I would have just liked to have seen him given a little bit more... T- I'm not saying getting rid of him was ultimately the wrong decision, but I think now is too soon. Um, and Do you unless- think they might have to move unless they hear stuff from Chelsea? They might have heard that Mourinho is under more pressure than, uh, than publicly we realise, and of course they've got to get rid of Rodgers quick to be in the driving seat to get someone like Klopp, who quite easily would be offered the job at Chelsea. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd probably ask this question to, to Adam because he knows his European football more than me. I don't really know enough about Jurgen Klopp's character. Whether he oh, might, he's, he's a character. Well, he might see <laughs> Liverpool more as a project rather than Chelsea, um, which is already sort of in place. It's a good team. There's just something wrong going on behind the scenes. Um, whereas Liverpool needs a lot of rebuilding, perhaps, and he might say, "Yeah, now that's my my sort of challenge." I suppose what we said last week, wasn't it, Adam? We said that maybe Klopp would see this as some kind of vanity project rather than walking and, and some, something to build rather than walking straight into a, a top four team with loads of money to spend. We called this yeah, last absolutely. week as a Man on the Post exclusive. We did, yeah. Well done, us. Yeah, sorry, go on. This, this, I'm still hoping that he's not going to make it. You think you, you're hoping he doesn't take it? Well, the other people linked with it are Ancelotti. Um, I can't remember if it's Ronald or Frank Devere, one of the others. Uh, Ronald Koeman and Walter Mazzari, the other names linked. Although, as we said pre-record, I can see he's ended up with Pardy. Has, has Klinsman not been um, mentioned? No, which is odd, because he was sounded out before, wasn't he, when um, Kenny Dalglish was in charge? Yeah, and there's a certain tenuous, slightly tenuous link to the United States and the owners, because I assume he's still the USA national team manager. Uh, yes, he is, isn't he? So they may see that as a, a sort of a marketing appointment if they don't get Klopp or Ancelotti. And like I said, uh, I'm not saying neither of those would sign, but you know they've got the luxury of being able to wait for somebody better than Liverpool. If that if that happens, I can see Klin- I can see Klinsmann going there and making a success. It would be typical of Liverpool to get the wrong German called Jurgen. <laughs> well, I, I think Klinsmann would do well there because I think you need somebody with a, with a, with character and charisma to go there, and I think Klinsmann's got that, and Klopp certainly got that in spades. And I think if if he was offered the opportunity, I think Klopp would jump at it because I think he'd see that as his type of club, you know, a very much a supporter driven club like Borussia Dortmund are, hmm. other than a plastic club like Chelsea. Um, in defence of Rogers, he would point to the fact that he's lost key players, Gerard Sterling. 
Um, Suarez, he's had Danny Sturridge injured a lot. So he's not been able to play the way he wants to play. Yeah, but at the same time, again, he, he's not been able to command the authority to be able to buy good players with lots of money. Instead, he's spent £20 million on Dejan Lovren, £20 million on Lazar Markovic. Uh, and you could go on. The, uh, most of his signings, or the, the club signings, have been failures. And ultimately, that's his failure for not being able to command enough um, authority to actually sign the players he wants with the ample money that he's been given. I can think of Sturridge, uh, Chan possibly, and Coutinho. I think Coutinho was a Rogers signing, wasn't he? Or, or Rogers era signing. I can't think of all the other players they've bought. Has anybody else been any kind of success? Not especially. Sacco, I think he's a bit of a donkey. He is, but he's quite good fun, as yesterday proved. Yeah, but uh, you could say the same about Torben Picnic from many years ago, and that didn't end well. <laughs> I, I've, I've got a question for you. Obviously, I mean, Brendan Rodgers, I think, was one of the longest-serving managers just after... Well, he was the longest-serving after Wenger, wasn't he? Um, what do Liverpool want from this appointment? Are, are they wanting to take Liverpool to the top of the Premier League? If so, have they got £500 million to spend? Are they wanting to get into the Europe, uh, Champions League? If so, then OK. And, and also, how much time are you going to give the new guy? Because if you've given Brendan Rodgers three and a bit years... Are you going to give the new guy three and a bit years to achieve, what, Champions League or win the title? I, I don't know what Liverpool's ambitions are. Liverpool, for the last 20 years or 25 years, have seen um, Manchester United dominate. Knock them off their perch, as Fergie said he would, and dominate in a way that they did in the 70s and 80s. Not only have they seen Manchester United dominate, they can't get back in at the moment because you've got teams like Manchester City and Chelsea bankrolling um, them with bankrolling those particular teams, or at least in the beginning, bankrolling those teams and, and buying their way into the top four. Liverpool have fallen behind the line and are becoming increasingly irrelevant. And a lot of Liverpool supporters who've grown up in the 70s and 80s, I don't think they're actually wanting the Premier League victories or a Champions League victories. I think they're just wanting a bit of pride back at the club. And if that means finishing fourth and getting in the Champions League and having a decent run in the Champions League, then that's a start. And I think if we had a, a manager with uh, a bit of kahunas about him like Klopp, then and a bit of gravitas like that, I think he would be given uh, he'd be given time by the fans. I think Rogers, too, as, as well, was a victim of his own spin to some extent, um, and all this nonsense about don't be the name in the envelope and we were outstanding and all that sort of thing. He put himself on a pedestal. He couldn't ultimately Phil but hold on isn't this the Liverpool that nearly won the Premier League that was a fluke an utter fluke and, 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 where, and, and where were Manchester United that nowhere Liverpool better than Man U that year I, I don't think you, sh- you guys should worry too much about Manchester United I don't think they're the the massive power base they used to be not at all but they've got um, more chance of being it again they've got the global brand the global pool they've got um the revenues coming in to make sure they can still compete at that level. At that level, Liverpool at the moment can't, and they need to get back somewhere like that. Yeah, I, I just think though sometimes Liverpool fans, I think, are a little bit down at heel on themselves, and I think they should sort of chin up a little bit. I mean, bloody hell! I mean, we'll be tied. You know, uh, you know, in the seventies, it was between Leeds and Liverpool. You know what I mean? And I'd, I'd love to be in Liverpool's boots. I really would. So. 
I don't get all this Liverpool is shit, Liverpool is shit nonsense because I don't think they are. I think I think they are a massive club still. I think I think they've got a global pull. Okay, it might not be as big as Manchester United, but you're comparing yourself to one of the creme de la creme, aren't you? I, th- I think Liverpool are not a bad outfit. Hence, if you do get someone like Klopp, I think that backs that up because oh. he's a top manager. Well, all of a sudden, I feel a bit better. Um, well, we're not the only team to have got rid of their manager this weekend, have we? Uh, Dick Advocat has gone at Sunderland, and I've already seen a Moyes in rumour as well. Anybody see that happening? The bookies don't think so. No. Things aren't well, particularly well for him in Spain, are they? No. Um, Real Sociedad are struggling quite significantly this year. Um, but it's now done. It's an Allardyce all over job, isn't it? Surely? It has. He's got his name written all over it. Uh, he can stick one over Newcastle. He can keep something up. Nice little earner. Kevin Nolan's a free agent. Yeah, literally, you couldn't have written the script any better. Big Sam, Anybody else think Big Sam? Yeah, it's got it. It's as Greg was saying there. It's just got him, his name like absolutely scripted for the part. But it'll just if if he does get the job, it'll just be another sticking plaster for Sunderland to last them another two years until another calamity befalls them, and then they sack him or whoever whoever comes in. You know, Sunderland for once they've got to start thinking a bit long term. I think otherwise they're just going to keep falling into the same hole around September or October every season. They've gone through five managers in four years, and in the last four years, they can't have had such a massive turnaround of players. This has got to be the same group of players, more or less, from Steve Bruce. At some point, you've got to start looking at the players and saying, this has got to be your fault. I do think there's an issue as well with Sunderland that um, because of their geographical location, they're up against it in trying to get good players. Roy Keane said Um, that when he was manager. I, I, th- I do think that there's a massive pull towards Manchester, Lancashire, you know, Manchester, Liverpool, and then obviously the the golden child, which is London. Um, and I think the rest do struggle a bit to get the, the big names. Um, has anyone... I mean, he, he left, he's foregone any kind of financial settlement himself. Um, it did look like... Don't want to see Match of the Day on Saturday night with his interview, post-match interview. He just looked spent force, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he said looked, himself like, a, might not be he looked like a man who should have listened to his wife. <laughs> but again, he's not a bad manager at all, is he? Oh, no. I think I know a couple of Sunderland fans, and they, uh, they think that he's a, he's a, uh, a class act. Mm. And uh, it's, it's not his fault. He no. didn't get the investment that he wanted, and that's been said from, uh, from the very beginning of the season, where he said that he, he didn't... He wasn't given the funds to bring the players that he wanted. And that's clearly evident now, the way that they're performing on the pitch. And uh, it is purely down to the players. If you look how naive their performance was on Saturday, there's not, there's not much a manager can do about that kind of, of that kind of football. You know, how they went about keeping a two-goal lead. I mean, that's, that's schoolboy stuff. That's a fantastic goal they, they've scored, isn't it? The Lons goal. Although we did get sent off. Yeah, well, that just shows that it sums up Sunderland, you know, in one failed swoop, doesn't it? You know, a, a bit of quality, and then they go and throw it all away with a, a couple of silly yellow cards that they didn't need to, that they didn't need to commit, and it, it, that does just sum up what is happening at Sunderland. I think the worst thing about all this for Dick Advocate is his wife having an "I told you so" face. Mm. And I'm to give those flowers back. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to uh, lord this one over for a while. Um, 
Chelsea as well. Again, they're they're another team that are having sort of managerial issues. Jose's had the dreaded vote of confidence today from the club. Uh, he says that if they sack me, they sack the most successful manager in the club's history. Now, the fact that he's actually talking about sacking shows that it's got to be on his mind at all. Is he on his way out? Well, they were they were shocking on on Saturday, and like like we've mentioned before with with the, with Advocate there. Um, the players have got to look at themselves because some of them are absolutely strolling around the pitch like they don't need to do anything anymore for him. And I suppose that's the key, you know, one of the key ingredients of management is being able to follow up success with more success. Well, you and don't it, substitute a substitute after 27 minutes, do you? No, no, no. And, and you know, he's an abrasive character, and the chances are that as much as he can endear himself to the players and, and, and command respect and, and get them to play for him on one on some counts. You know, it's happened before at Chelsea and Real Madrid and wherever else. And back here again, he can alienate players just as fast with exactly the same style of management. So he's not helping himself, but the players certainly aren't helping him. And if he loses that dressing room with a lot of ageing players there now, and someone like Hazard, who obviously, who was brilliant last season, he's not he's not been carrying them so far this season. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he gets the bullet fairly quick if they don't pull their finger out. He's been costing me fantasy points as Hazard. Uh, you should have got rid of him weeks ago. Well, I should have, but I kept thinking, well, he's got to come good eventually. He's got to come good eventually. And I thought home Southampton this week would be his week. Although I am pretty smug that I've got Sergio Aguero as captain there. Yeah, you and about two million others. Oh, yeah, that's a thanks. Adam, that William free kick at the start wasn't bad there, was it? Sorry, just back to, back to Eden Hazard. That's someone who needs to take a long, hard look at himself. Eden Hazard? Yeah. Are you telling him off? Wow, this is someone who everyone keeps talking about as being a step below Ronaldo Messi, but he's clearly not, is he? Well, Phil Neville said he was. Well, and Phil Neville said. <laughs> yeah, you've got me there. <laughs> Back at you. I've got nothing to say to that. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. He's, um, they were talking about him like that, wasn't he? You've got the sort of class at the top, and then you've got him in one of the groups underneath. They played of the year as well, isn't he? Well, yeah, well, and it's time for him to show it. Hmm. But again, is this a sign of Mourinho losing the dressing room, is it? From what I remember, when he got sacked the last time, didn't he lose the dressing room, so to speak, in, in the weeks leading up to that? I think, did he? I'm sure he had a, a falling out with John Terry and somebody else like Lampard or another senior player very close to when he got sacked the last time. And they weren't playing so well. It almost got a feeling of deja vu about it from the last, from 2007 or whatever it was. But only Terry's there from before, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, you, if, but that if, doesn't mean that he doesn't have an aura and he's not able to um, entice the other players to follow him in exactly the same way he had mm. Lampard well, and Ger- um, Lampard and Ashley Cole. It's like Wolf Hall, isn't it? He already said he's. Did he not say he's got a rat in the camp? Really. Yeah, and he slagged Matic off and, and whatever. And you've got people like Ivanovic, who's been, a, who's been rock solid for years, who suddenly looks like he couldn't play Sunday League football. Mm. And it's one of the, you know, so there's obviously something not right. And it's just whether that's a temporary thing that's you know, ruined their season now, or their league season anyway. But, or is it terminal? And I, I think it's going to be terminal. I, I'd be shocked if he was there. Well, well, not shocked, but I'd be surprised if he was there come the end of the season. He was charged with misconduct by the FA today for his comments following the game. He talked about the Falcao penalty, which Falcao was 
um, book for for simulation. Um, and he thinks that referees are afraid to give decisions for them. Um, and when Matter Day asked him about the three penal- penalty claims for Southampton, he said uh, no comment and walked off. Th- th- this is his problem, though, isn't it? H- Henry Winter picked up on this and he, and he got it dead on. He's got to stop picking fights. He's, he's, he's picking fights with his own players, he's picking fights with his own doctors, he's picking fights with referees, he's picking fights with the FA. He's picking fights with everybody that he shouldn't be doing it with. And, and I reckon if he wants to get himself out of this mess, he should just show a little bit of humility and just say, hey, there's been some problems, I'm going to fix it, stop blaming everybody else, and just keep his head down and just not talk to the press for like 10 minutes or whatever it is after a, a match and blame everyone else. Just just get on with it and just do his job. But that's not in his makeup, And I think that's what's going to destroy him. But he doesn't know he's going to fix it, Colin. When was the last time he fixed something like this? Never. He's never been in a situation like this before, has he? Exactly. His team have been so horribly out of sorts. But how, how is he, he... Well, from being Premier League champions, how has somebody managed to break it so bad? And I think Josie's the one who's broken it so bad. Um, what, what has he, how has he done it so quickly? I, I just don't understand. Was age catcher? I mean... You look at what the statistics for the team from Saturday. Chelsea had 10 shots, Southampton had 13. Uh, Chelsea conceded two goals in seven out of the last eight Premier League games. Um, and seven goals conceded at home. It took them 17 games to do that last year. So they've got problems at the front and at the back. It's, there's not one thing, is there? He's, he's lost the dressing room, and He's lost the players. Yeah. They didn't like what he did to the, to the doctors. Um, I, I don't even think the, the fans support him on what they did to John Terry. What he's done to John Terry, he should have been playing him a lot more. He's their captain. Um, strange picks in his lineup. I, th- I think some of them, as Adam alluded to with Eden Hazard, maybe some of them are thinking, I can't be arsed with this guy. Um, I, I, th- I think, as Mark said, I think he's, he's going to go at some point. He's, he's only. He's never lasted more than three seasons at a club, has he? And he's, yeah. in, his, he's in his third season. Okay. Well, they're 16th now at the moment. Saints are now 9th. Uh, also, yesterday there was Manchester United versus Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal 3 0 up inside 19 minutes. Two for Sanchez, one for Ozil. Um, Ashley Young at wing back and Daly Blint at centre back aren't really going to be that good well against uh, a pacey opposition like Arsenal, are they? Plus, do you think that? Well, Daily Blinds didn't get caught out for pace, though. Did you not? No. They showed, I thought they showed something on Match of the Day, too. Um, maybe I was watching another. I watched a lot of football yesterday, so maybe I'm thinking about something else. But I thought they showed something where, some, where, where Walcott was outpacing him. You wouldn't want Walcott against Daily Blind anyway, though, would you? Well, there's not many people you'd want Fear Walcott against, is there? Uh, no, but Rocco's quicker, is he? But at some point, you've got to say, you've got to b- believe in your own system and play the way you've got to play. If anything, if you talk, we talked about Brendan Rodgers at the very beginning, mm. and you're talking about Louis van Gaal, you're talking about the, the, complete, uh, the complete opposite. Mm. So, the, uh, Brendan Rodgers is someone who has no, no belief in himself, and if anything, perhaps Van Gaal has a little bit too much. 
Well, they had 62% possession, United did, in a game where they lost 3-0. So, is, is belief working? Well, they, they had 60, what, however much possession that was, sorry, I've forgotten already. 62. 62%, but Arsenal just shut the game down. They did something very un-Arsenal-like. Hmm. So, Arsenal were willing to concede as much possession as they wanted. In fact, if anything, they probably were looking to try and play more on the break through Theo Walcott. Yeah, which but, again eats into the Daily Blint Ashley Young thing. But Arsenal came out like 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 a greyhound, mm. were absolutely fantastic from the very beginning, and they had the game won in however however many minutes it was until their score was it six minutes? It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, but when you, if you if you wanted to break it down, it, it was. Um, From what I, I saw, I, I have to be honest, uh, Arsenal shut the game down to such an extent that the game got quite boring to me towards the end. Yeah. But you had a fantastic flick from from Sanchez, but I would say that, that when you, if someone's going to make a run into that area and flick the ball on like that, that, that defending, there's very little you can do about that. Yeah. Then... That's when you. This, if you were a Man United fan, you'd be most disappointed about them for that second goal because the thing you want your team to do after just conceding is not switch off like that because that, you're just in a world of trouble, aren't you? Mm. And and then the game was beyond them, and the third goal was a fantastic strike from Sanchez that we is the kind of thing we know he's capable of. So you can really do much about the third one. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um. So United now third, Arsenal second, uh, Spurs unbeaten in seventh in, in seven games. They're now eighth. Uh, they drew two two with Swansea. Own goal for Harry Kane, so he's in the goals again. Um, Palace two, West Brom nil. Anybody see this? This was the early game on BT Sport. Yeah, my sorry. Was Zahar? <coughs> excuse me. Was Wilfred Zaha versus Chris Brunt one of the best things we'll see this season? The whole thing throughout the whole game. Yeah, yeah. I quite like Brunt as well, but I like Chris Brunt as well. I'm sure he started. Did he start as a left back? Yes, I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, but in a lower division. Yeah, yeah. That that certainly showed. Yeah, well, the two of them were at each other all game, weren't they? Um, and then he got a bloody nose at one point, didn't he? Uh, Saha wanted a penalty, and then he just couldn't resist it at the end, sticking his feet in and giving away the penalty. Could he? He did. Yeah, Zaha was very clever. Um, he was already on the way down when he got hit. Yep. Very, very much like in the the, the same mode as the Falcao non-penalty in the Chelsea game. Yeah, that Falcao penalty it was, was definitely a yellow card. Anyone agree that it wasn't simulation? He played for it, but he got caught out trying to play for it. You know, I think if he just, if he just carried on running, he still would have got the pe- he would have got the penalty. Yeah, he still would have got brought down. And I think it was the same in the case of um, Zaha and Brandt. Yeah. Okay. Um. Last time Palace had this many points from after eight games, they finished third. That was back in 1990. So Pardiola certainly doing the business there. And Blassi scored his first goal at home for 1,005 days. So it's probably as long as Wayne Rooney might, looking by what he did on Sunday. Um, else we got Villa nil, Stoke 1. Um, Villa still haven't won since the opening day of the season. What point does Tim Sherwood come under a bit of pressure? Now, any time you like for me. <laughs> You think it's already easy? Football's not so funny now, is it, Tim? 
the jokes had stopped. <laughs> oh, oh I was, I've got. I, I, I wrote down a quote from Tim Sherwood from after the game. Yeah. Here we go. Sherwood said, "We've got a manager in the opposite dugout who's not had it all his own way at every club he's been at, but he's come through and stuck to his beliefs." That's exactly what Tim Sherwood will be doing. All <laughs> third person. He's just a snake, snake oil salesman. <laughs> what's the, okay, what's the difference between him and Pardiola in terms of attitude? Then people like Pardy, don't they? Hmm. Part, um, well, Ross likes him for a start. Adam, do you like right. him? You people know, like, people like success. <laughs> well, I think it's more his persona. Is he some kind of parody of himself? I'm just trying to think out the difference between Pardew and um, um, not Tim Westwood, Tim Sherwood. No, that would be good. Tim Westwood, Westwood as a Premier League manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is there a difference between the two? Is one more like it one than the other, or certainly? Yeah, massive right. difference. What? What is it? Pardew's a winner. I mean, I, I, I rate Sherwood, and I still do. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to jump off the fence. You know, I'm not going to like be a turncoat and have start having to go at him. I still think he'll keep Villa up, which is, is, is his only aim this season. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I don't think Villa could get any better than what they've got now. Um, as for Pardew, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. Pardew has, a, Pardew has a body of work that he can go back on and has and can show that he's he's done his time and worked his way up, whereas Tim Sherwood thought he was the shit from being... From day one. A caretaker, a caretaker manager at Spurs, yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Bournemouth won, Watford won. Uh, Glenn Murray couldn't quite step into those Callum Wilson shoes as he missed a penalty, though he did score, to be fair. Uh, anyone like the Arthur Boric howler? No one liked it, do they? No one wants to see Bournemouth doing that. No, everyone loves Bournemouth, don't they? I don't know, Greg, how do Portsmouth fans feel about Bournemouth? No, not really on our radar. Well, Emma said indifference last season, she was quite pleased for them. I'm, I don't really have an, have an opinion on Bournemouth. It's quite a switch for the two clubs. Other than that, I think they'll go down. You know, seven or eight years ago, Portsmouth were in the Premier League riding high and Bournemouth were in the bottom division. Flip it eight years on and it's the opposite way around, isn't it? There you go, make it feel better. I, I, think, I think that <laughs> irony might be lost on. <laughs> Uh, Manchester City 6, Newcastle 1. Newcastle started well in this, didn't they? They took the lead. They had that goal disallowed that it shouldn't have been. If that, if that had been given, that would have been 2-0 and it could have been a completely different story. Um, what, are you making a defence <laughs> for Newcastle here? No, <laughs> I was just making a point, sorry. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, did he score the best goal at the six? He, he, he sliced it. That what he didn't hit it correctly. He oh, missed hit it. He did. He, if you watch it again, he's hit it with the side of his calf by yeah. his ankle rather than with the laces of his boot. Are you one of those people that do down that Rooney overhead kick because he shinned it? Oh no, I thought that was great, but the yeah the De Bruyne one, he absolutely um, got underneath it and it spun over to Krul. It didn't. It didn't rock it into the top corner. You're a hard taskmaster, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he might have meant to shin it. He's that skillful. Well, that's what you, that's what you pay your fifty-four million quid for. <laughs> shin, it, shin it on request. Uh, Leicester got back to winning ways as well. They beat Norwich two-one. Uh, they're back up to fifth. Um, Tinkerman did good, didn't he? Drop Mares. Yeah, to the consternation of everybody with a fantasy football account. Yes, indeed. 
Doesn't matter, I've got Aguero, he got me 50 points, so I can take the drop in Amaris. Although, I've kept Troy Deeney for far too long. How many points did you get overall, then, Chris? This, I haven't checked this weekend, actually. Um, so I'm going to have to have a look, I think. Troy Deeney, I actually picked with, I think it was Tom in mind, who says that Troy Deeney's been tearing up the leagues the last few years. Well, every, Greg, will, Greg will know better for me, but I'm fairly sure that for the last three years... Tom's probably put a bet on Troy Deeney to be top goal scorer in the championship and been let down every year. Yeah, I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's normally full of sagey advice, isn't he? Never bet on Portugal or Liverpool. Yeah, but that, that, I think that advice normally comes after he's bet on Portugal and Liverpool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is wise after the event, is it? <laughs> right, well, seeing as Greg's with us this week, we're going to dip down into the championship and the lower leagues. Um, Brighton are top on 22 points they drew with Cardiff at the weekend Borough second despite the fact they lost to third place Reading 2-0 um, you then got fourth fifth and sixth is uh, Birmingham in fourth they beat Leeds Colin 2-0 away at Ellen Road and then you've got Tull on fifth with 18 points and Burnley in sixth and 18 points so what happened with Leeds then Colin? Their home form is a joke isn't it this season Colin? Well, unfortunately, the, the stats say, and well, the stats are true, Leeds haven't won at Ellen Road for seven months. Seven months? Seven months. Um, it, it's looking... Pr- I mean, on, on the Birmingham game, Birmingham just caught Leeds on two counter-attacks, two counter-attacks, two goals. Um, I'll give this to Birmingham. They're a good start. Gary, Gary, Gary Rowett, he's done an excellent job there. He's a good manager. Um, They've got momentum about them as well. They're not the best team in the world, but uh, they've they've got a lot of fight about them. Um, as, as for as for Leeds, they're they're, they're on the skids a little bit, to be honest. Um, can't buy a win. Um, got a manager in Juve Rosa who I think most fans now are sort of turning to the point of well, if he goes, he goes. You know, he's, he's struggling to. He makes changes from game to game. He doesn't know what his first team lineup is and uh, yeah it's, it's all a bit a bit bland and a bit messy um, but I mean what I would say from the championship is, is it's the championship as you'd always expect it's teams that aren't particularly good and aren't playing well beat you you, you lose games that you should be winning you win games that you should be losing um, refereeing is awful um, silly decisions go in been given from referees that change from game to game they, they don't know what the rules are um, so it's yeah it's just the championship as it's always been crazy uh, well towards the bottom you've got four teams on eight points you've got MK Dons in 19th then um, Brentford Rotherham and Bolton who lost to injury time to QPR 4-3 uh, 23rd place you've got Preston on 7 points who lost 3-1 Sheffield Wednesday and then Bristol City bottom Bristol City Adam what can you tell us about them Please don't do that to me. I go on. <laughs> That's just cruel, that is. You can't expect me to come back so quickly as that. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. Uh, I can't even tell you what division Bristol City are in. Championship. Championship. I just told you the bottom. That's for how now. little I was listening. Uh, for now, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised Steve Cottrell has led his side to the bottom of the table. Wait, he led the bloke, them, he led the them bloke to... is clueless. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit unfair because the, the way he took them up last season. Oh, you see, don't, don't get me wrong. League One, League Two, he's fine. It will get you out of those divisions. Anything higher, and he's 
well out of his depth. Yeah. I think if you look at every club he's managed at that level, no, he had a crack at Sunderland um, <clears throat> a long time ago. That was the Harold Wilkins era, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, he did nothing with Portsmouth. He went to Nottingham Forest, you know, improved them from about 18th to 16th. And he's got he's shown again at Bristol City that he hasn't got much about him when he's uh, you know above League One, League Two. Forest are a funny team. Every time I see them on the um, football league program on Saturday night, they lose. They all seem to be losing. Well, they're fourteenth. I don't think the, the funding or the, the funds that were there a couple of seasons ago are there now. If you, if you look, they've kind of gone from getting a, a marquee manager in Steve McLaren of what it was back then, um, and the likes of getting Billy Davies um, to now getting uh, an unemployed Doogie Freeman who's. Uh, not exactly tearing up trees there, so I don't think the backing is there like it once was. Mm. I, I think you can put Forest in that same pot as the the other three big teams in that league, which are Chef Wednesday, Leeds, and Forest. Just put them in that pot of misperforming. Mm. Not not going to do it again this year. Um, I, I tell you who I do like and keep an eye out is, is Derby. Yeah. Um, Paul Clement had a bit of a sticky start, to be honest, but, um, uh, you know, I, I saw the highlights, and, and Tommins is different class for Derby, so I think it's taken them a bit of time, but they've got through to understanding his sort of 4-3-3 formation, which seems a bit weird in the championship, but it's starting to work at Derby, so I, I expect them to climb. OK. Uh, League One, Burton the top. Still. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, that could be your new manager, Mark. Uh, not Mark, Colin, sorry. Mark, even. Well, J- Jimmy Floyd was uh, rumoured Rotherham job after Steve Evans got the sack. That was um, a terrible shame, wasn't it? Steve Evans getting fired. Well, the, the sack or him leaving, it, it, yeah, it's. Uh, um, but he's turned because of Jimmy Floyd. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't knock what he's doing. At no. Uh, Greg, should we indulge you with a bit of League Two? Why not? Go on then. Uh, Plymouth. My local team, 100 miles away, uh, atop on 23 points. You're fourth. Am I, fourth. Am I deceiving me there? Well, yeah, we've had a difficult week. I mean, we've had two relatively, what you say, simple home games against uh, Exeter and Yeovil, and only taking one point. And we're, we are struggling at home at the moment because we are playing against uh, teams that don't want to come out of their own box. Um, and we, we're just struggling to break teams down. Um and that is becoming a real issue. I mean, we're unbeaten away from home. We've won like, four out of six, and that's more than we won all of last season away from home already. Mm. But it's just at home we're struggling to, to turn possession into goals. I mean, second half on Saturday we had eighty-four percent possession, and yeah. we uh, and yeah, we just couldn't find a way through. Yeovil are a funny team, aren't they? But they've had two successive relegations, haven't they? And they look like they they're probably going down to the conference as well, don't they? Yeah, when you, once you as a Portsmouth fan, I know once you get in free fall. It's very difficult to stop, but you know Paul Cook has stopped the right. You know, if you'd said to me at the start of the season after eleven games, you'd be fourth. I just snapped your hand off, but you know our, high, our home form suggests it could have been a lot more, and we could we could easily be three points clear at the top. But I'm I'm happy to be in the mix. Yeah, well, Exeter are no mugs, are they? Oh no, Exeter they they had two shots and they scored both from both of them. Hmm. And again, we had eighty percent possession, fifteen shots on goal. You know, and it just it didn't go our way. But you know, to be fair to them, they actually tried to play a little bit of football. They, they they were good on the break. 
Um, but there's been a couple of teams this year, like Yeovil and Crawley, who, whenever they've got the ball, they've just kicked the touch as far up the other end as they could. I mean, one of their players got booked after 11 minutes for time-wasting <laughs> on Saturday. It's, it's, a, it's a little surreal. Um, and I think Paul Cook, the Portsmouth manager, has come out and said that it's, you know, people are playing decent money and they're not quite seeing two teams wanting to play football. Yeah. But it's something that we've got to get used to. I mean... Uh, we're getting crowds of seventeen thousand every week, and you know that's not, that's you know, unheard of in that division. Um, so we've got to get used to teams coming down here and thinking you know, this is their their big day, and we've got to combat that. And uh, I think maybe a change from the the, pos- the possession driven style that we have got, where it's all it's a lot of square balls, the ball very rarely leaves the deck, um, to try and break these teams down. But I'm sure it'll come. It'll take time. Um, right, OK, so that's our Football League and Championship and Premier League roundup. We now move Chris, on to... Go on. Chris, I was just going to say, um, as a fan of the Football League Tonight Show, mm. I know that you've been in touch with the, the guy who puts his hand in his trousers. George, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't watching him this weekend, but I was watching Kelly Cates. Perfect. Here's, here's something. <laughs> she wasn't wearing her wedding ring this weekend. Oh, Colin, this is... This is an OK magazine. Colin, um, out of interest, while you were watching it, did you have your hand on your trousers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I just, I just thought, you know, it was a bit of my Columbo instinct there. I was just picking I was like, hmm. You think you might be in? Well, no, I haven't spoken to her. Well, they but... say the only way to get over someone is to get under someone, so you send her a tweet. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe I could do that, yeah. She, she might have blocked me like like Stan Collymore did. Um, well, but you, you asked him to. You <laughs> make your answer to Stan. <laughs> no, Stan blocks anybody for any reason. But, he's uh, never blocked me. He's, he's blocked, blocked the rest of man on the post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I, I tell you who fascinates me in that programme. Adam Virgo. Oh, he's boring, isn't he? I don't know. He, he really is a boring bloke. He looks like there's a vacant look behind the eyes. I can't show, work, work out whether he's vacant or just manically depressed. Oh no! I, I think there's just not much going on behind those dead eyes. I quite like him. Well, it was Michael Gray this week, wasn't it? Was Adam Virgo not on it? No. I, th- I think he got. Well, I don't know. I, d- I hope he hasn't been ditched off. But I, like I miss. Him. I miss Manish. I do. Oh no! I couldn't stand Manish. I missed um, Steve Claridge. Well, you can come come to my local bookies. Isn't there almost every day? Is he? <laughs> 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 I remember when he was on Footballers, where MC Harvey went round his house on Footballers Cribs. He lived in a house next door to his parents. Is he wearing a really blue shirt, Greg? Um, he's usually wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> his autobiography is one of the best you can read. I mean, he's, he's a nice bloke, and uh, you know he did wonders for not only Portsmouth but uh, you know my local local side, Gosport. Help get well, them get promoted. If you're in the Back bookies as often as if you're in the bookies as often as him, have you not got a gambling problem? Well, no, no, he's he's a known figure, right? Uh, amongst uh, around the local area of uh, being seen in uh, bookmakers around. Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, right, well, we're going to move on to our uh, five aside section. Uh, each week, we pull a name out of a hat, a Premier League name out of a hat, and we talk about a best. Uh, we'll try and make up a best five-a-side team of that era, uh, or Premier League era. Uh, we base that on one goalkeeper, one defender, and 
uh, any three others. So we've got our own teams. Um, we'll go through some of the listeners' ones as well, and we'll try and sort of, or Adam will point out where all the listeners have gone wrong and why his players should be in there. <laughs> uh, well, we've had a few responses. Ant Green underscore 16 uh, is gone for Shaka Islop, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Joe Cole, Paolo Di Canio, Frank Lampard, Colin. Um, at ARPM57 has gone McCloscoe, uh, Dix, Noble, Sinclair, Tony Cotty. Um, at Kieran410 has gone Shaka Islop, Rio, Paolo Di Canio, Carlos Tevez, um, Dean Ashton. I was going to say Chris Ashton, that's somebody else. Uh, Tom has gone, Shaka Hislop, Ian Pierce, Eagle Stimak, Rigger Bear Song and Thomas Retka. That's a hell of a team. Cheesy Chips has gone, at Cheesy Chips has gone, from McCloscoe, Dix, Parker, uh, Terrors and Decanio. Right, for ourselves, I've gone for David James, Thomas Retka, Paolo Decanio, Joe Cole, Carlos Tevez. Mark, what did you go for? Uh, I went for McCloscoe, Julian Dix, uh, John Monker, Joe Cole and Decanio. <coughs> uh, Greg, you? I went for Shaq Hislop, uh, Winston Reid, Joe Cole, Carl Tevez and Dean Ashton. Uh, Adam? David James, Rio Ferdinand, Michael Carrick, Joe Cole and Carlos Tevez. And Colin? I went for uh, Ludic McCloscoe, <coughs> Julian Dix, Kevin Nolan, Scott Parker and Paolo Di Canio. Right, OK. Uh, so we'll get on to the outfield choices in a second. So we've got... With five votes, Shaka Hislop, uh, four votes each... Ludic McCloscoe and David James. Um, did anybody pick Shaka Hislop because he used to work for NASA? I did not know that. Apparently he was a rocket no. scientist. No, but Greg picked him solely because he used to play for Portsmouth. Well, he was just missed it. I was thinking of who, uh, who else he could pick. I was thinking Rob Green. I think yeah. he's, he's got the occasional Rick in him. He's missed a relegation just, as well. Yeah, and I just thought Shaka, he's just dependable. He'd never let you down, would he? Well, but David James, if I want a particular hairstyle, he can do it for me. Oh, but oh, that, Dave, West Ham James wasn't the best. It wasn't the best of David James, was it? If I say to my goalkeeper, I want Afro, he can go, yep, I can do that. If I say I want, no, I Home want over. straight, yep, I can do that. He's got all, he's, Yep, I, <laughs> I, he can do that. He's got every every hairstyle in the book. Mark, you went for Luda McCloskey. Yeah. And you did, Colin. Why did you both do that? Um, because David James is a clown. Right. And I just didn't rate his lot. I don't particularly rate McCloscoe, but I was I got a bit stuck. He was the best ever bad lot, was he? Nobody went for Adrian, actually, thinking about it. He's quite a good keeper. Or not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> also, McCloscoe made a great save to deny Man United the league donkeys years ago, so that, that's worth a vote in itself. Oh, he did, didn't he? That was in 95, wasn't it? That was the Andy Cole yeah. chance. That's right. There you go. And he's played most, more games than any of the other keepers that we've mentioned. I don't know about you, Greg, but I can. I don't even know who they're talking about. I did, do I? Is, it an, is that an age thing? Uh, it's definitely an age thing. Right, well, i tell you what, you did this the other week with Peter Schmeichel. You said you couldn't remember, and we picked him because you couldn't no, no, remember. No, no, that wasn't true. I didn't say I couldn't remember Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> well, you, you said you alluded to our age and the fact that you couldn't remember him as much as a player as you could David De Gea. Yeah. And for pointing out our ages again, we're going to go for McCloskey. But I, I lost that one, so this time I should win. I'm sure you're going to win others in a minute. I, I just changed my vote to Shaka Hislop to help Greg out. <laughs> we can do this together, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I've written it down in pen. Too late. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there's no pencils in this. Defence, you've got uh, lots of one votes, and then you've got Julian Dix has got the most with four, Rio Ferdinand has got three, Thomas Repka, the right answer, has got two. Why wouldn't you want Thomas Repka in your team? I and mean, the man's a, a beast. Well, because playing, playing five aside game, not four aside. Yeah, exactly. It will be four aside of the opposition if he gets on. Probably, probably four aside for each year because he probably breaks somebody's leg yep. on the opponent. We haven't got substitutes. Well, when you're playing against the Bonkers West Brom team that we picked, it'd be ideal. You'd, you'd want to see Thomas Repka versus Eric Cantona, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> Just you. <laughs> Alright, okay, so I've lost that on that one then. Uh, Rhea's got three di- uh, votes, Julian Dix has got four. So surely if you've gone for Julian Dix, it must be for the same psychotic reasons you w- would have voted for Thomas Repka, surely? Well, Julian Dix could play a little bit. He did play on Thomas and um, um, John Spencer's head for a while, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Again, there you go. John Spencer was utterly crap at Everton, so Julian Dix just did what all Evertonians wanted to do themselves. Fair enough. Um, I just want to point out from a quick a quick Google of Julian Dix, we'd never get him to play because he's a professional golfer. Is he? He's well, on the West Ham coaching staff now, isn't he? That's why they're all getting sent off these days. Oh, about four, uh, four the Fair Play League is gone. <laughs> um, well, why would you have gone for real? This is pre... 12 years at Manchester United, Rio. This was, he was just a young buck then, wasn't he? He was still raw and didn't know the game. But he was, uh, he was a local lad who knows how to play in the West Ham way, which is exactly what this team's going to do. Ooh, that's a good argument. Go on then. Who picked dicks? Mark, you did. Out, out arguing with that one. And you, Colin, go on. Uh, well, I'm just surprised I was. I'm not the only one who picked dicks. You thought you would be the only one? I did, yeah. To be different. No, I, th- I think I think Julian Dix won Hammer of the Year three, possibly four seasons. I mean, if ever, ever there was a made-up trophy, it's Hammer <laughs> of the Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Aston Villa Gold of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Julian Dix. I'd much rather see Julian Dix in my team than Rio Ferdinand. But if we're playing five or so, hang on, we've already gone for Rio Ferdinand, haven't we? We've had Rio Ferdinand and the Man U side. Now we did, didn't we? People, people must be able to play in more than one team, though. No, but when you do that on FIFA, it, it's annoying. But possible. But so possible. What are the FIFA other options? You uh, your other options are, uh, all with one vote, are Ian Pearce, Eagle Stimmat, Rigobert Song, Hayden Williams, Christian... Tom. <laughs> Christian Daly, Slavin Bilic, um, somebody went for, uh, that was Ross, and Winston Reid. See, I'm gonna, I like Winston Reid. I mean, the, think of someone who's better. I mean, the, the blokes are class acts. He's good, like really good. He shouldn't be at West Ham. No, anyone can anyone come round to that way thinking? But he's not that good because he's at West Ham. If, oh. Yeah. If he was better, he'd be elsewhere. Like the Christian Eriksen argument. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he also he could have not signed a new contract in the summer and. Could have gone wherever he wanted. Clearly, no one wanted him. Oh, that's true. He was on a free, wasn't he? I he was. <laughs> Portsmouth didn't put a bid in for him. He couldn't even get the Portsmouth um, team. No, well, no, we've got Christian Burgess. Oh, well, there you go then. 
There they are. <laughs> so that's Winston Reed out, out of the way. Yeah. Um, Rio or Julian Dix? Well, Julian Dix has got more votes. And Rio Ferdinand's in the Man U team. I'd say go with Dix. Go on then. We've already heard you say that before about after you talked about the woman on the, <laughs> on the Football League show, Colin. Well, I'm going to go with Julian Dix because Colin voted for him. I still feel a bit bad about what we did to him with uh, David Beckham. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, these are our three further outfield players. Uh, there's loads of one votes. Um, people with the most votes, we've got Scott Parker with two, Dean Ashton with two, uh, Joe Cole with five, Carlos Tevez with six, Paolo Di Canio with seven. That's, you remember when we were talking about the, the Spurs team last, last week and I was telling you about these old foreign players who played in the Premier League who weren't actually that good? Yeah. Paolo Di Canio. No, he was a great player. He was not, not as you're remembering him better than he was. I don't think I am. I mean, a couple of things that was it against Wimbledon that volley he scored, and then the goal against Bartes in the FA Cup. It's probably worth going in for that alone. And it didn't he do that really. Nice, he did that nice thing. He was superb for West Ham. He was superb for West Ham, and West Ham were a really decent side when he played for them. And he helped you like that once, didn't you? And your goalkeeper was lying on the floor. You always refer to that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I mean, fascist does nice thing. It's got to be mentioned at one point, doesn't it? Oh, even Hitler and a dog. Not sure what that means. I think it must mean he was nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Just let that hang, shall we? <laughs> um... No, he was. He was a hell of a player, Paolo Di Canio. I don't think he was coming to the end of his career at all. I mean, he went off back to Lazio afterwards, didn't he? I'm just saying, if he was playing in the the era he was playing in, he's seen as being as one of these all-conquering foreign players who were fantastic. Well, he played in the same. He played in the same era in the Premier League as Zola, Bergkamp, Henri. You know, these are all just those three. Stam. You know, these are these are all Premier League legends. These foreigners, and he was right up there with all of them for two seasons. He was. He was probably the best foreign player outside of the big clubs. Well, Chelsea Chelsea were not a big club. I know they won the FA Cup and stuff like that. Chelsea were a top four side. Round about that time when they had Zola and Desai and the Berth and all of them, and they were winning the cups and they won a European Cup, uh, not the European Cup, the Cup Winners Cup, at that time as well. So Chelsea were a top four or five side at that time, but outside of the top four or five teams, De Canio was as good a foreigner as there was in that sort of ninety-eight to two thousand type period. I think if you'd ask a West Ham fan, he'd want a West a West Ham fan would want De Canio in the team. But have you met a West Ham fan? Uh, yes, I work. Yeah. With, I work with two. <laughs> and again, they did win the World Cup, so maybe we should listen to them. That's true, yeah. and they let black people on trains as well. <laughs> yeah, hours after, hours before they make they make Holocaust jokes about <laughs> about Spurs fans in the tube. Well done. <laughs> um. Well, go on. Speaking of the Holocaust, we've got to have the cameo in, haven't we? 
I'm going to lose to the seven people anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Were you going to get somebody? Because you, you, you voted for Joe Cole and Carlos Tevez, who I voted for as well. We cannot have Joe Cole, Carlos Tevez and Paolo Di Canio. There needs to be a midfield player, Chris. Uh, well, this Joe is... Cole? Joe Cole. Right. A proper midfield player. Colin, so... you picked you pick Kevin Nolan, Colin. This could be your proper midfield player. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I picked Kevin Nolan and Scott Parker. Kevin Nolan's Kevin Nolan's never been a proper midfield player in his entire career. <laughs> I'm I'm hanging up and not coming back if Kevin Nolan gets pit. <laughs> oh, not a minute. Got the John, John Monker, Mark. Well, he's he's just the kind of a world class player passing the ball for four yards, and you need that kind of player in five a side just to to give him you know, get it and give it kind of player. So. I just thought, as a, as a tappy-lappy midfielder, just directing the play to De Canio and Cole, I thought he'd be perfect. Plus, again, he'd be, be a bit different. OK, so if you want your midfielder holding it all, you can have either Kevin Nolan or John Moncur. Do you even know who or, John Moncur is, Adam? Or Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick? You pick Michael Why can't Carrick? we stick with these local players? West Ham, Mark Noble? Of them. Did someone say Mark Noble? Michael Carrick's not local to West Ham. Came through that that West Ham youth team. Yeah, not with that accent. He's not he's from Wall's End. <laughs> uh, what did you say, Mark Noble? I don't think anyone's gone for Mark Noble actually. Oh no, one person has. Uh, yeah, it's one worth person. consideration at least. I mean, he's played over three hundred games for him. At West Ham, Leon Osman. <laughs> <laughs> That's damning him a faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> Does anybody want Leon Osmond? Uh, not Leon Osmond. <laughs> I've done it now. Mark Noble. No, I can't think of no. it. <laughs> oh. Greg's the one starting the... Has anyone thought on Mark Noble? No, no. I don't want him. <laughs> go on, go for Joe Cole? This is the West Ham way, isn't it? We've got to pick this team without sort of a, a holy big fielder or something. They've got to play the West Ham way. So do we go for Joe Cole? Uh, if Joe Cole's not in it, I've instructed Ross to lose the recording. Have you? All right, OK. Well, we can't Sorry. have that, so we'll have Joe Collin. <laughs> so, we're left with... Uh, Carlos Tevez got six votes. Scott Parker got two votes. Um, others, you know, have Trevor Sinclair, Tony Cotty. Uh, no, 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 that's right. No, uh, Yossi Benayoun. Uh, Teddy Sheringham. Al Berkovich. Al Berkovich. Al Berkovich. Picky oh. off. There's a oh. name for you, Greg. Oh, <laughs> FA, FA Cup semi-final goal scorer. Yeah. Picky on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have out of that lot then. My, I am leaning towards Carlos Tevez because they would have gone down if it wasn't for him that season. And I think West Ham fans would have a soft spot for him. Plus he can be the calm one around Julian Dix. Have you not seen what he did to someone's leg the other day? I don't know. I went quite... Not <laughs> I, I was Tevez and calm. <laughs> I was being a bit silly, but yeah. You'd want him ahead in, your, in, in that team ahead of Scott Parker, wouldn't you? Or Dean Ashton? Oh, see, I love Dean Ashton was a lovely player to watch. I think he'd be good at five sides as well. Do you? you know, he he was going to be some player before he got injured. I mean, he had he was powerful. He had a nice, he had a lovely finish. He the unfortunate yet key word you used there was was. Yeah, he was going to be, and it's, he was he was going to be a proper player. I mean, some of his goals they weren't they were. No, it's a terrible cliche, but he was a big bloke, big powerful bloke, and he just caressed some of them 
Those flipped volleys. It was lovely player to watch. Oh, you've turned, you've turned me away from Tevin with that. These are the people going for. Colin, what do you reckon this last one? I'm, I'm open to this. I'm open to this. I, I do think you should have like uh, some sort of holding midfielder, whether it be like a uh, Mark Noble or a Kevin Nolan or a Scott Parker. But stop saying Kevin Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I believe winner of multiple Hammers awards. Um, yeah, but own, owner of the chicken celebration. <laughs> <laughs> True. But if you pick Kevin Nolan, you have to pick Andy Carroll. Because so, you know what? They, they lived together. They used to live they together. Lived together. Yeah. They, you can't trust Andy without Kevin. They come as a package, Colin. You haven't considered that. That's true. That is true. Okay. So, are we going for Carlos Tevez? I'm happy with Tevez. You're happy with Tevez? Well, me and you picked him, Adam, so we're obviously happy. Mark and Colin? Yes, Chris. <laughs> there should be a proper midfield player. Yeah, it, Fine, have Carlos Tevez. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one hell of an attacking three up front, but, yeah, well, I'd, I'd go with that. Well, to be fair, I think if anyone did get behind those attacking three, I think Julian Dix would take out any of them. OK, he then gets sent off, and yeah. then who defends? Shaka Hislop, or whoever's in goal. <laughs> yeah. I reckon Carlos Tevez could defend. So we've got Ludo McCloskey in goal, Julian Dix in defence, then Paolo Di Canio, Joe Cole and Carlos Tevez. That's not actually a bad team, is it? It'll be entertaining in the traditional West Ham way. There you go. <laughs> Calamitous. <laughs> in the traditional West Ham way. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm going to pick another team out for next week, out of my, uh, my tin hat. Uh, and next week, we are staying in London. We've got Crystal Palace. John Solarco. Uh, uh, Richard Shaw. Come on, it's not that bad. Oh, there's Aki Rialati. Attila Lombardo. Uh, Neil Shipley. There you go, he's one for the teenagers, Adam. <laughs> uh, right, well, that choice there brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Has anyone got any other business they want to mention or declare? Yeah, we, we did send a little quiz out, Chris, about... Uh, we, we showed the image of... Uh, Thierry Henry with his hand on on Jamie Carragher's thigh, um, and, and asked people for their um, their best answers. We've had we have we've had a whole load. So I think what we might do is, um, in the interest of time, we we might just maybe put this on the website um, and just put a few of the best on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, if you do want to see some of the hilarious comments on there, then uh, just check out the Manda Post Twitter feed, which is at Manda Post. It isn't. It isn't. It is. Uh, Adam, you got any more... It, it, it is. <laughs> I thought you broke up a bit. I thought you said it isn't. Sorry. Uh, Adam, you got any more articles up on your fancy team? Yeah, I did one, but I don't know if Ross has posted it. So, Ross, when you're listening to this... Yeah, you fell foul of the uh, Ross Bell edit, did you? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe the sub said that didn't think it was up to scratch, just hasn't had the heart to tell me. Yeah, this is his way of texting you to say he's dumping you or something. Yeah. Uh, the most public breakup ever. <laughs> Greg or Ma- uh, Mark, have you got anything to talk about? Any other business? Specifically? Uh, no. Nope. No. No. Okay. I'm alright. Right, if you oh. want to follow you guys, Colin, how do they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Cast707. Mark? Uh, I'm at the Football Pink. Greg? Uh, at Greg Kitchen. And Adam? Adam SA101. 
Okay. Uh, well, that's the yeah, all their individual um, Twitter handles. Manonthepost.com is the website. If you want to check it out. If you like what you hear and you want to leave us a five-star review, you're more than welcome to. Um, they help pushes up the ratings in the charts, so that would be fantastic. If you want to have a vote for Mark at the, the Football Blotting Awards, how do they do that, Mark? Um, they can just have a look on the um, footballpink.net website. There's a post up there that shows you how to do it. Okay, excellent. Uh, so, thank you so much, guys. And all that remains to be said is always keep your man on the post. <laughs>